Hello, it's Candy O. Welcome to episode number 20 of The Speaker Coach. The pandemic has changed how we work and how we interview for a job. Your virtual presence now plays a huge role in your ability to be successful. And that's why I've come up with my 10 tips to help you rock that interview. Tip number one, know your virtual platforms. In order to look and sound your best for a virtual interview, you've got to know how to use the platform to your greatest advantage. Since Zoom is the number one virtual platform in the world, we'll focus on the nuts and bolts of Zoom. As your job search begins, be sure to not only have your own free Zoom account at zoom.com, but upload an appropriate high-res picture to your profile. Establish your audio and video settings in Zoom. Some of your choices will be dictated by what kind of computer you have. I'm a MacBook Pro user, and in the My Video section, I've checked off Enable HD, Mirror My Video, and Touch Up My Appearance. That's a big one. If you want to take your look to the next level, consider buying the Logitech external camera. It's plug and play, and it costs about 50 bucks. In the audio section, the settings are dictated by the speakers and the microphone built into your computer. Now, keep in mind that the mic in your computer is worth about $2. So if you want to sound better than anybody else, invest in a separate microphone. I have two suggestions. When I coach and present, I use a wireless USB adapter headphone set with a detachable boom microphone. This is plug and play, and it allows me to be more animated. I got this on Amazon recently for $79.99, and there are cheaper versions for you too. My other option is the number one most popular plug and play microphone, the Blue Yeti. It's multi-directional, it's a USB condenser microphone with a nice full sound. It's also plug and play. You do need an adapter. Musiciansfriend.com sells them for about $149. Always test your connection and your equipment before the call starts. Tip number two, look like a pro. Dress like this interview matters to you. And wear makeup. Harvard professor Nancy Etkoff did a study that shows conclusively that wearing the right amount of makeup increases the perception of a woman's competence, trustworthiness, and likability. Shocking but true. And ladies, I know you want to be valued for your character and your ability, but how you look really does matter. This landmark study proves it. Women in the study who wore no makeup were considered less competent. Also remember to style your hair so it stays out of your eyes. Shakespeare said it best. The eyes are the mirror to the soul. Tip number three, staging and lighting. Create a spot in your home where there's some eye candy. A bookshelf, a fireplace with a mantle that has some interesting objects on it, open shelving with framed photos, or maybe you've received some awards in the past. Think of it this way. A great background is a reflection of your story and your brand. Lighting is key. Side lighting and lighting that comes from the upper front is best. Avoid backlighting. Elevate your laptop so that you're not looking down at the screen or up at the screen. This can be as simple as stacking some books underneath your laptop. And then shut the door and keep noise to a minimum. Silence your phone and never look at your phone during an interview. Check how you're sitting. 
Own your space. Sit back. Your arms are on either side of the chair. They're not in your lap. Beware the good girl pose. That's where you've got your hands clasped and you're looking like you're ready for school today. Don't do that. You want a power pose with your arms on either side of the chair. And push back just a little bit. Don't be too close to the table. If you've got notes you want to bring with you, tape them to the wall in front of you at eye level. Tip number four, body language. We must work harder to connect with someone when we're meeting them virtually. Because many of the body language clues available to us in a face-to-face interview just aren't there. For example, you don't get to watch each other walk and sit down. You don't get a chance to shake hands. So you're really one step removed from one another. And that makes it hard to catch somebody's vibe, to read their energy. 65% of a person's first impression of you comes from the silent messages you are sending through body language. One, two, three, four, five. That's how long it takes, five seconds, to make a first impression. And this is universal. It's cultural behavior for human beings. It is also prehistoric. We size each other up to see if it's safe to approach, to see if it is safe to trust. What is body language? Our facial expressions, our posture, our gestures, how we sit, how we walk, how we own our space, how we lean in, how we show with our bodies that we are interested and engaged. Our body language creates an energy field that is palpable, even virtually, to the person we are talking to. So starting today, become a student of body language. Start watching people closely for signs of how they are feeling. Then become very self-aware of the messages you are sending out into the world. Check yourself before the interview begins, because posture is an indicator of self-esteem. So that's why you need to sit up straight with your shoulders back, your mother was right, and your chin up. Maintain good eye contact. And by that, I mean an easy, steady gaze. Don't look at yourself. Look at the camera. And when you do these things, you're sending out a message of confidence. And that brings me to your secret weapon. Tip number five, your smile. When we smile, our facial expression automatically changes. Yale psychologist Marianne LaFrance did a study on smiling, and she discovered that smiling directly at someone creates a connection and influences how that person will respond to you. In fact, when you smile at someone and they smile back, your brains secrete dopamine and an instant connection is made between the two of you. When we smile at one another, what we're really silently saying is, I like you. Tip number six, your voice is a powerful communications tool. While body language makes up 65% of a first impression, verbal ability makes up 35%. As someone who spent most of her career in a studio with a microphone talking to people I can't see, 100% of a person's impression of me was made by how I used my voice to reach through the radio and connect with about 2 million listeners a week. The voice is an instrument. Most people only use a few notes in their vocal range, and it makes them boring to listen to. Most of all, 9 out of 10 of us forget one thing. 
Listen carefully. In order to sound more interesting, all you have to do is think about what the words you are saying actually mean. Because when we do this, we give our brain the chance to color or emphasize certain words to heighten their meaning. We switch up the cadence and the tone of our voice to mirror our message. And this is called vocal variety. Vocal variety is the key to being a better communicator. Vocal variety is the opposite of monotone. When we combine vocal variety with gestures and a keen awareness of body language, we set ourselves apart from the rest. Here's a simple example. Listen to how I say this short little phrase. I like you. I like you. What was the difference? I was monotone when I said, I like you. Same note, I like you. And then when I said, I like you, I smiled. My facial expression caused my face to change and the lilt of my voice to change. And before you know it, I'm more convincing because I used vocal variety. If you want to up your interview skills, practice using vocal variety and check out episode number five of The Speaker Coach for a full tutorial. Tip number seven, eliminate filler words. Oh, this is a big one. What are filler words? Um, ah, uh, like, you know, so, sort of, okay, uh-huh, hmm. Filler words are our brain's way of filling space while we try to find the next word to say. Now, as women, we're socialized to nurture, to smooth things out, to move things along, and therefore, we do tend to use filler words more than men do. The result of using filler words is that we undermine our credibility. We sound like we have no idea what we're talking about. And something else happens. The person or people we are talking to get frustrated, and they start to tune us out. We are all guilty of using filler words, and we each lean on one or two more than others. To find out which one you use the most, tape yourself. Answering a typical interview question. Do it on your phone without stopping. And then play it back. Sure enough, you're going to discover your filler word. How do you break this bad habit? Learn the power of the pause. Pausing gives our brain the chance to retrieve the word we are looking for. And when we pause, the listener leans in to see what we will be saying next. And suddenly, we have their attention. It takes 30 days to break a bad habit, so here's my trick for losing your filler word. Grab a package of sticky notes and a big black Sharpie. Write down the filler word you say the most on four to six sticky notes. Now put a big X through that filler word. Post the notes within your eye view on places like your bathroom mirror, the refrigerator, above the kitchen sink, on the edge of your laptop screen, on your car dashboard. And every time your brain sees that word with an X through it, it gets the message. Don't say that word. Tip number eight, up speak, up talk. I think we have the Kardashians to thank for this annoying bad habit. Up speak, also known as up talk, is when we end each sentence on an up note. I'll do it for you. Hi, my name is Candy O'Terry, and I'm the speaker coach, and I'm so happy that you're here. Is my name really Candy O'Terry? Am I really the speaker coach? Am I really happy you're here? It sounds like I'm asking a question instead of making a statement. 
To stop using up speak, be mindful that the words you are saying are coming out of your mouth straight ahead with no up note at the end of the sentence. Visualize your words and where they land. In this way, you're not asking questions. You're making statements. Tip number nine. The three C's of communication. They are be clear, be concise. Don't over-answer a question because when you do, the listener's impression is that you are not sure of your answer. Number three, be conversational and then stop talking. Don't fear the silence. Leaders know there's power in it. Tip number 10, belly breathing. I have saved the best for last. If you want to lower your cortisol, which is the stress hormone, and raise your endorphins, the happy hormone, do two minutes of belly breathing before your interview starts. Belly breathing is a powerful life skill to be mastered by all of us, and you can use it before any stressful event. Singers use it. Actors use it before they hit the stage. Politicians use it on their way to a big speaking appearance. Belly breathing is where we breathe in through our nose and then breathe out slowly until all the air is gone through our mouth. As we breathe in, our belly goes out. Our shoulders do not rise. We're not breathing from the shoulders. This is belly breathing. It's all about our belly and a muscle called our diaphragm that enables our lungs to get the most air possible. Think of it this way. Air in your lungs is like gas in your tank. The more air you have, the better you will sound. For a tutorial on belly breathing, download the very first episode of The Speaker Coach. I hope these 10 tips will help you rock that interview. For a free tip sheet on this episode, just go to candioterry.com backslash the speaker coach. Follow me on Facebook at Candioterry Official and on all other platforms at Candioterry. And if you'd like to work with me one on one as your communications coach, I'd love to do that. Just shoot me an email and we'll get the conversation started with a free 30 minute consultation. Candy at candioterry.com. Until next time, this is Candio, your speaker coach. No matter how you sound, I can make you sound better.